Um, somebody thought I was my girlfriend's mom on the train today. <laughs> How does that even like come up? Well, we walked onto the train. <laughs> How does someone like? <laughs> Are you her mom? Is that what? We walked onto the train, and the guy pointed to us and went, "Mother and daughter." That's just like so insane because you look like you're max 22 and your girlfriend definitely does not look five or six years old. So well, I'm not sure how they you would. You can imagine how with my neuroses, how freaked out I was the oh, entire yeah. rest of the train ride. Because he pointed at me when he said mother. Like yeah, he thought he was like, you I was are the, mom. the mother. And I was like, you oh my God, birth. the retinol is not working. Like I look 50 years old. <laughs> Do I need to switch to SPF 50? Like is it that bad? Maybe the guy was... Um, blind <laughs> unfortunately Maybe he had had like a seven-year-old mother his pointing was precise he was not blind he mm. knew what he was looking at yeah um after i confirmed that i was not her mother he just went oh sisters gotta be sisters <laughs> there ha- you have to be related i have gotten that with um with exes in the past yeah we have a running list of times we've been mistaken for sisters i believe we're at like 16 17 <laughs> times lot. no i think people call it out more with her than anyone else i've ever like, i feel like even my actual sister yeah like, no you well to be fair you do look more like your girlfriend than your actual <laughs> sister oh <I> yeah <laughs> but like we'll literally be walking down the street and people will yell sisters at us like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's happened multiple times it's so (laughs) insane i feel like that's more than most actual sisters get called out for being sisters i think it's like it's weird that people would even call it out at all like as if they've never seen sisters before oh my god sisters i've heard of (laughs) i've heard of those shit (laughs) um even like my grandma who had dementia and was at the point where she couldn't say one coherent sentence like looked at us and one of the only coherent things I'd ever heard her say was, you guys look really alike, almost like sisters. <laughs> she squirted out that one last thought. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing people will always do, it's go out of their way to not mind their business around lesbians. So true. Um, so today we do have a special guest. Um, her name is Nessie Andrews. Nessie is a trans artist. She's a social media personality, singer, songwriter, and model. Yes, she is very vocal about her experience as a trans woman online. Um, She has a cult following of girls, gays, and theys from all around the world. Um, And today we're going to talk to her about, like, dealing with mental illness and addiction, the responsibility of the artist, um, the importance with connecting with queer elders, and the reclamation of the female right to be annoying, and a lot more. Trigger warning, we do talk about assault, addiction, eating disorders, suicidal ideation, and queer pain in this episode. Yeah, really mark off all of the... That's how you know it's going to be good. Things we're not supposed to... Yes, um, but if any of that stuff is too heavy, just meet us back here next episode. We hope you enjoy. I'm Evangelia. And I'm Emily. And welcome to What's Gonna Happen. You were recently banned from TikTok. From TikTok. So what happened? Um, I posted a video on my friends only. And I was like, every time I Google or find out how much FFS costs, I start to plan an OnlyFans. That was like the joke. Like I just said mm. that. And then had like one of the, there's like this fucking audio of like Pearl screaming or like, <laughs> I don't know, just like women screaming. And I had that as the background. And it was just about, you know, suffering 
Like I didn't. I'm not actually gonna make a fucking fan. <laughs> Watch me but eat it, those words. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Um, um, but I guess even the even the word OnlyFans like yeah, will get that's you. That's why I got pulled, and they were like, "You're promoting third party websites." I was like, "I don't um, own one yet." Yeah, not yet, guys. Wait I, like, until I at least make one and promote like, it. Like 2018. Nessie is 21. You're 21, right? 21. 21 for yeah, everybody I'm, listening. Not we don't have I'm a minor legal. promoting OnlyFans. Yeah. Yeah, if you listen to our sex on the internet episode, you will know that we are very anti-children uh, doing yeah. porn. We're <laughs> so not pedophiles on this podcast. Wow. <laughs> have you ever done the um, looking up the sex offenders in your area yeah, thing? Oh, I do that shit constantly. There's like I just 16,000 within like a few miles of <laughs> me. It's New York, baby. They're everywhere. Yeah. Well, I lived across the street from a school in my last Oh, so that I feel like, doesn't that make you a little safer? Yeah, so there was none like near nearby, but now I don't live near a school. I moved. And so there's a hundred million. And yeah, life live near a school so you don't have any sex offenders near you. Oh well, there were still perverts like everywhere. Oh. Like, well, secret listen, you ones. can't escape gym teachers. <laughs> I lived okay? on top That's of a so bodega, true. and um, oh my, this is, this is so fucked up. When I started to like really grow tits, the bodega guy would be like, "They're really coming in." Like he would like, <laughs> like comment. On he would them. be giving you updates. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. And like, yeah, like going for my. Three dollar Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we were Leave. just talking about how Red Bull is three dollars now. Yeah, the fucking small sugar free ones. Biden inflation. Getting gender affirmation from your bodega <laughs> man starting to harass you more. Sucking <laughs> harassment is like the most validating thing for me it's the opposite like now that i don't get harassed anymore i'm like nice i'm i'm oh, giving really? dyke yeah yeah oh yeah i'm harassed way less i only get like cat called or harassed if i'm with one of my femme friends yeah i i uh, it's embarrassing i really only get cat called if i put in energy <laughs> <laughs> like, well, then you get to you get to like decide whether or not you're yeah, gonna I want put up to. with it yeah like it was like casting week for like new york fashion week this week and like i oh. went to a few castings and like you're not supposed to like wear makeup or like you're mm-hmm. supposed to wear like androgynous clothes and makeup and i looked like very they them um, <laughs> and like no one fucked with me so do you want to talk a little bit about like where your gender leaning now that people can't oh. i guess go to your tiktok and like learn yeah. all about you you have to give us uh, a rundown of my who gender. you are yeah what are you trans woman um yeah no i um although i was literally joking with a fucking t-girl the day i was like sometimes i see like a fucking mullet twink and i'm like oh fuck i could have like that could have <laughs> really made it work like, <laughs> took this from you yeah like i could have been a really cute boy i think and then i grew tits and ruined it well you know you, you got to have a little bit of that you know but yeah. then it was plagued by just dysphoria, dysphoria. so Ugh. i can't really enjoy it. i think that all the time i mean i was when i was like you know a fem femi bisexual girl i was like i <laughs> ate that up i mean i literally yeah. lost two thousand followers on instagram when i stopped doing I that i remember oh, that no. that was like the so. most like that like darkly sad funny thing i, know, yeah, I, I met you when you like, were like a hey mamas <laughs> angelie is not a hey mamas we're not a hey mamas but like no, i'm, the first I'm time gonna I met defend you. her from the allegation yeah, no, you're not a hey mamas but like first time i met you you were wearing a chain and a wife beater uh, yes the wife uh, wife pleaser wife pleaser. <laughs> um no yeah i mean i still i, I wore that yesterday literally yeah, and, <laughs> um but I was like, okay here's, but, a, here's a proper lesbian but yeah i mean i definitely mourn what could have been like i always think if i mm. if i'd stayed there i could have totally like been like just probably leonardo dicaprio's girlfriend if i had just mm. like stuck with it his, his girlfriend now is um was born Younger in 2004 oh my no, god 2003. It's terrifying. the age gap between leonardo dicaprio and his new girlfriend is literally bigger than the one between me and my dad 
honestly good for her. Like, everyone's, like, good for him, but, like, she's dating, like, an old rich, rich guy. Yeah. Like, I'm... Although I heard that he he it. closes his eyes, puts in earbuds, and vapes while he has sex with his girlfriend. <gasps> what? Oh, I do that. And they said, <laughs> I can't judge. Someone was like, a great way to, to understand how old she is is that most of her schooling was affected by COVID. <gasps> That's harrowing. I just realized how old I am. I, yeah. like, found, like, a child, like, who's, like, an adult now. The child to a adult child. pipeline is just getting worse and worse by the day. I kind of, I wanted to talk about um, timelines because like as queer people, you know, our lives don't always match up with what the heteronormative timeline mm. is. We go through kind of a, a second puberty um, yeah. in a lot of ways. So I was wondering for you, what is it like to be like an adult woman teenager kind of? Yeah, I like feel like a 16 year old more than I ever have like when I and it's like kind of sad because like when I was an actual teenager like I was like running around doing like things that I like shouldn't have been doing at that age and like <laughs> I don't know like I like thought I was like so old and like so mature and now I'm like fucking 21 and I'm like I'm 16 years old but I also like have the hormonal levels of like probably like a pubescent 16 year old so that makes sense but like um do you find that it's like healing your inner child in a way because at least for me you know in this kind of second puberty of being a lesbian it's been like I've been able to be a lot more gentle with myself and like all of the internalized homophobia that I had had then I'm starting to heal now um but is it do you find yourself in a similar position or or are you just as rough on yourself (laughs) it's it's pretty bad still Mm -hmm. yeah no it's not great why do you think that that dissonance is still happening even though you're affirming your gender um, and you're around supportive people. I was, uh, you know, the way that I describe it is it's like, it was like a horror movie in black and white. Mm-hmm. And now it's like a horror movie in color. Like, <laughs> there's like so Some many. would argue that means it's more grotesque now. I mean, yeah. there's more details. It's like, well, yeah, like, mm. that was like a horrific thing I kind of like discovered. It's like, oh, wow, like actually I care now about myself. Like, which is scary. Oh, you, you don't get like, that. Yeah, there's a freedom in not caring yeah. about yourself. Because it's like, well, I don't give a fuck. I'll right. fucking die. Who cares? Yeah. The relief like, in suicidal ideation. Yeah, it is yeah. It is scarier to want to survive to the end of the horror movie than just kind of like bowing your head down and letting it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I was like a younger, like, you know, I just like didn't give a fuck. Like, and like, cause like, I, I don't know. Like I never, I never associated my body with myself. Like I never, like, mm. I don't know. It's I much just, easier to ruin through yeah. addiction when you don't care about I it. I was like, who's this person? I'm playing a character. Like, this I like felt like I just like got to select a video game skin and like I was just like going around in that and like fucking shit up like it was like GTA but like Mm -hmm. and then like you know I found out like oh you're not supposed to do that like especially getting sober like I was like well yeah I remember one of the first stories you had told me about your addiction was you like put a hole in your esophagus or something (laughs) what yeah Yeah, burned a hole well no not in my esophagus in my um esophageal sphincter yeah, I burned a hole in that in my teenager. Yeah, because I smoked a bunch of bathroom products when I was a teenager. <laughs> I couldn't get other drugs. But yeah, I like went to the hospital because like I was having really severe chest pains and like I had to like come clean to this like doctor. Um, but there was like a little hole in my esophageal sphincter, so it doesn't close all the way. So Does have, that affect you now? It's it's definitely healed. But like when I was like a teenager, like I literally had to take tums like every hour. Like oh, that's horrible. Yeah, because like acid would come up in my throat and um yeah well even though your life is still a horror movie as you describe (laughs) it i hope that you're not literally 
huffing chemicals and burning holes no, in yourself No, I'm sober. Anymore. I'm clean. Yeah. So, yeah. so I don't know how much you want to talk about sobriety or drug use. I'll talk um, about it. You know, I don't want to uh, disrupt your anonymity, but we did meet in AA. AA. Um, so slay. Slay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, with my anonymity, like, I'm willing to be like, I'm an AA, but I don't really want to talk too much about my, like, stance on it. Like, I'd rather yep. anyone who thinks they're struggling just go to a meeting and, like, so you are pro AA, like that yeah. is. Yeah. Oh yeah, I still go. I still go. Um, I will say there's some shit in it I don't agree with. I do think it's a deeply colonized program where like Bill Wilson, the like guy who founded it, like stole it from like indigenous people, and there's a whole thing called Wellbriety that like goes into that. And anyone I know who like is like a newcomer, I like who like has like skepticism, like I'll be open about my own skepticism. But like the way. It, that I describe it, it's like if someone's throwing me like a life vest, I'm not gonna like check what it's made of. Like I'm just gonna fucking wear it because <laughs> right. like I don't really know any other way to stay sober. So it worked for me. Yeah, and there's ways to circumvent that. I think there's groups that are like mm-hmm. POC groups or queer groups, um, yeah, young people groups, like places that don't put as much emphasis on like conventional, I guess, like the Christian white kind of yeah. lens that sometimes it's looked at through. Um, higher power and spirituality is a really big part of like getting clean. I mean, do you find that you're connected to like your spirituality? It changes. Like I I used to be much more like God minded than I am now. Honestly, like I think I got really black pilled this past year. It's been a rough year. Like, cause I, I relapsed. I had three years sober cause I got clean when I was 17. Yeah. I feel like I've kind of like God is like dead in my life, but I still do pray to like candy darling or like venus extravaganza from paris is burning like different like trans people like i don't know trans sisters your patron saint yeah kind of my predecessors Mm -hmm. yeah i'll pray to them it's Mm -hmm. really important to kind of like look at the scripture that our predecessors have kind of paved for us it's really hard it's not that accessible but like you know seeking it out has so far served me very well yeah and also like i mean there's like pluses and negatives to like how transness has been like accepted because it's like on the one hand like people are like accepted more like it's just more widely known but then on the other hand like there's more exposure so there's more of there's more expectations for what transness looks like and there's more like black and white thinking like not every fucking trans girl is like Hunter Schaefer or like right. Arca or like I don't know, like very privileged and rich and beautiful or passing or transitions young or has all the money to get all the procedures. Like, mm-hmm. and like transness for the longest time has been like this marginal thing. And now there's all these expectations because it's so widely known that it almost like, I got the sense from a lot of trans women that they feel like they're failing. And it's like, makes me really sad. Cause mm-hmm. if you look at the legacy of a transness, it's like, in a lot of ways, you're just doing it the way that it's always been done. And that's okay. And that's like, that is what it is like I do kind of notice like this is kind of a half-baked idea but I do kind of notice like within the queer community in general there's like this nostalgia for like the 70s like mm. 60s 70s 80s oh, yeah. like when queerness was really marginalized because mm. I feel like now there's a lot of these like really high profile gay people that are like you yeah. said, like, gay and trans people that are super privileged mm. and like I think some queer people relate more to the queer people of the past that were not privileged yeah. that were more marginalized I do. Like, I'm I'm fucking would... I totally relate more to, like, Candy Darling than, like, I don't know, the Surge dolls I follow on Instagram who have, like, (laughs) three rounds of FFS, and I'm still waiting on my first. Um, What's it like to have, like, this presence as, like, a trans artist online? Like, I know a lot of queer artists are kind of put on pedestals and expected to be the representation for their whole community, and I was wondering if, like, does that affect how critical you are of yourself and your work? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I quit music for a year this year. Um, and like, I really needed to do it. Cause like, I wanted, I just wanted to like redo the way that I've done it. Like I, I like initially got like a following and like, you got a pretty big following. Yeah. You had, like, what, 60,000 followers, something like that? I was at 70,000. Wow. I got deleted. <sighs> that sucks. But Ooh. my one album, Ugly Duckling, like, mm-hmm. um, had, like, 400K streams on some of the songs. Like, I fucking removed it because I'm an idiot. But, like, yeah, I became, like, a shut-in or, like, an agoraphobe around the time I was, like, blowing up in this way. And I was getting, like, DMs from, like, trans kids being, like, I love your song hag I also feel that way about myself or like I feel this line in particular which is like a mean thing I'm saying about myself about like being like ugly or undesirable they'll be like I feel that and I'm like it just made me feel fucking sad like god I'm like putting back I'm putting art out into the world for my community about like self-hatred and like degradation and like shame and like I think there's a place for that but like I don't want to like I don't know. I, I had like a whole thing about it, but yeah, I mean, we often complain about how so many of, you know, even some of the most beautiful queer art is about the queer pain aspect. Mm. And it's like, there is like an exhaustion of that kind of content in the, in the media. But th- I think you're right in that there is a place for that. Oh, definitely. You want to feel seen, especially I think with this like culture that you're explaining of, you know, there being this high expectation for trans women and like trans women being more accepted especially when they're super conventionally attractive. Um, And so that idea of like that self-hatred or, you know, Mm -hmm. there's so much pressure to have pride and that people can feel shame for feeling shame. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, you're, you pass. People are always telling you on TikTok, you know, like whatever. Call me a fucking passoid saying Mm. I'm like (laughs) stealing people's spots because I want to have fast or like fucking bitch, you don't need it. But you know, obviously like you benefit from like white privilege, you benefit from pretty privilege. and passing going (laughs) skinny privilege very hot sexy submissive breedable I'm like but yeah but as somebody who like who benefits from those things I think people seeing that you also feel that way can make them feel more understood um, in certain ways so I kind of like my view is that as an artist you're kind of a vessel through which divinity passes through you in which Mm -hmm. case you know in this case it's that kind of divinity of like feeling that pain, expressing that pain, connecting yeah. with others through that pain. And I could totally understand why you wouldn't want to be attached to that. And you wouldn't want to put that kind of negativity out there, but kind of at what point do you think it's your responsibility to like separate yourself from worrying about being attached to doing that? And just kind of like, especially cause you already gave people the album. They yeah. liked it. They wanted more from you. Yeah. You know, at what point do you have to kind of have faith that, as you go on this journey and show your self-growth and more self-love that they will too and they'll follow you through that? Um, well, like, the, I think the hard part was, like, I I don't love myself most days. Like, and, like, that's, like, I'm fucking keeping it real. Like, I, I still do struggle with, like, a lot of the shit I was singing about, like, when I wrote that song, when I wrote it, like... So if it is authentic to you and and music and art is a way of expressing authenticity, then why remove it? Well, okay, that album in particular, Ugly Duckling, so I kept Hag up because, like, Mm. that song definitely does make me, it makes me sad, but, like, I left that one up because, like, people seem to really connect with it and I do know that it has a place, but, like, Ugly Duckling in particular, I deleted because, like, I do think a lot of it was, like, internalized transphobia and, like, also it just gives me dysphoria, like, listening to it, like, you know, like, my voice changed, like, just is what it is, like, I got, like, vocal training done, like, because I, like, needed it, and, 
Um, I do regret deleting it now. I, okay, so I, I wanted to delete it for a while because I didn't like what it stood for. And like, I wanted to like purge from the internet that I was like ever so self-hating and like fed that to a community of like people who are marginalized and already feel that way about themselves and like gave them words to like, I don't know, dislike themselves more. Like, I, right. I didn't know One if that was... song, you know, about pain can relate to a whole album maybe was, you felt yeah. too much contribution to that yeah, queer pain. Like, I, I've sworn off of writing another song about hating myself or hating my body period i had i have to sit down and i have to play it also fucking 80 times and i have to play it for crowds of people who listen and like it's just like affirming negativity and like this really sick way sometimes where it's like i don't know it's like when people make self-deprecating jokes yeah and then like they internalize that just uh-huh. by saying it so much yeah internalize it well it's funny we were talking about contrapoints before because like she actually did a podcast um, I'm, I love contra. I was saying that like she trans, she, oh, yeah. she turned us she all trans day. my ass. Yeah. She, she broke my egg. Her gender <laughs> dysphoria video got me. Um, but she was talking about how she like leaned into this, like self-deprecating, like transphobic, um, caricature of herself, like in her, like earlier work and like how she like removed that because she feels like ashamed of it and I feel like I almost did the same thing like like my earlier work is just like a lot of internalized transphobia and shit and like I just don't I don't fuck with it anymore yeah Um, I think you know a lot of queer people fall into that role like they kind of tokenize themselves to make themselves more palatable to other people to themselves you know it feels like a healthy way of getting out that that self-hatred and that catharsis um, but in reality, it's like what you said, it's a lot more self-deprecating and it's a lot more detrimental than we might think because, you know, it's a costume that you wear to try to understand yourself. I think a lot mm-hmm. of us put on costumes to, to start learning ourselves and then we realize we identify with those costumes a lot more than we thought we did. I totally understand self-deprecating humor. Defense mechanism. Yeah. And like, you know, I think that a lot of the funniest jokes can come from that yeah but you know I think you just have to be careful and you have to keep kind of a balance and just realize that like you know you can kind of speak that into truth yeah right. just like some of the best art comes from a sense of pain and that mm. I think confuses a lot of artists into thinking that you need to be in pain to make good art you but know? you don't yeah you don't. what if I lose my sparkle that's always the question <laughs> like should I take my antidepressant what if I lose my sparkle meanwhile the sparkle is like pissing into cups and like you know <laughs> crying cutting well yourself. like also like I don't care about my fucking art enough to like be miserable for it like that's i mean that's kind of unique a lot of artists would hold uh, hold on to what they think makes them special over what makes them happy you know and a lot of people feel defined by their art yeah well like what i was gonna say before is like also for me it was like a method of like quitting before i got fired like that whole mentality where it's like oh you think i'm a fucking man in a dress okay well let me wear an ill-fitting dress let me Mm. throw on makeup let me I don't know, just not give a fuck and, like, be that and, like, whatever and, like, make a joke about it and call myself it before you can even say it and then it's mine and, like, I win. And it's, like, lo- and but I'm fucking losing and, like, like, I did that in my life for, like, a lot of shit. Like, I just, like, settled for, like, much less than I wanted because, like, I thought that was, like, what I could get and, like, now nah, I don't do that as much. And I'm, so how did you shift that mindset? Um, therapy, therapy, therapy. I went to rehab. Is there anything in particular you learned in therapy or in rehab? Um, 
so I learned that it was like a method of shutting myself out of things is like like quitting before I'm fired essentially like just like fuck whatever I'll self-sabotage yeah like I mean like now for example I work like with kids like I'm a babysitter sometimes I'm a nanny sometimes which I fucking love I love kids I love working with them like I love taking care of kids I have like a boyfriend that I'm like open with like those are two things I would not have done like would not have done like two years ago like because like I'm like oh they're gonna see me with kids they're gonna think I'm like stealing them oh they're gonna see me with that boy that's embarrassing for him like I would think that shit about myself and like cut myself off from these things because like I would just feel so bad about myself and once I realized that I did that like convinced myself I didn't want certain things because like losing them would be scary like then like all you can really do is just like do it anyway and like opposite action it but but the shit that they don't tell you is that you do it anyway and then you still feel just as insecure like I still get those fucking panic attacks when I'm like picking the kids up from school even though like no one gives a fuck or like when I'm like fucking out with my boyfriend like dinner I'm like freaking out and like crying in the bathroom I don't know you still have like all the emotions that come with it um you just have to do it anyway and like I hope I get like more anesthetized to it at some point, but I think you definitely will. I mean, I think honestly, the fact that you're still trying to do that opposite action is a lot more than a lot of people do. That hump is really hard to get over. Yeah. It's hard when you have those preconceived notions and then they get affirmed by life. Like, yeah. you know, if you were out and someone did say something nasty to you, you know, would that put you back all those steps or, you know, do you just it- have to kind of you know, I'm such a fucking baby. That's also something like I'm really trying to work on is like, I am so fucking sensitive when it comes to like shit happening to me. Like, well, I mean, someone, you know, who's in your position and you have all these things to worry about. It's like, it's like somebody who's been, you know, like snapped with a rubber band a million times. is going to have more sensitive skin than somebody who hasn't. Yeah. Well, well, honestly, like I got like assaulted, um, on the street and like that, like has like completely fucking changed the way that I like viewed shit. Like if someone like fucking cat called me or like heckled me or like called me a fucking like tranny on the street, I'd have been like, well, Monday is like two years ago. <laughs> but now it'll end my day. Like I'm just scared, which makes functioning harder. But it also doesn't happen that often <laughs> that people scream at me. Although it did happen the other day. A man was just like, screaming at me and like unintelligibly screaming at me on the subway screaming unintelligible things like gibberish basically I was trying to convince myself (laughs) he was like like yelling transphobic slurs at me in other languages you were internalizing it and like convincing yourself that he was affirming all your worst fears about yourself well I feel like you know if you're insecure about something like anything that happens to you is gonna be about that thing yeah like anytime if anybody says anything about like my face they'll be like so you think my nose is ugly that's it right Mm, that's gotta be it that's real that's real (laughs) yeah even when people compliment you and are like I love your nose you're just like oh so you hate it so it's Uh. big so it's big that's what you're saying right yeah (laughs) I still do that like I still struggle with that when people compliment certain parts of me I'm like really are you sure and like I'll like do that shit I think it's like like, passive aggressive and like a fucked up part of the incident like the assault or whatever is that like like the guy didn't know I was trans and then did like clocked me and then that's when it took like a turn or whatever and so like there's been this like fucking element of like fear of people not knowing I'm trans because like then that's like b and then finding out there's some days where I'm like 
panic that someone is going to clock me because I'm like, maybe they won't initially immediately pick up on the fact that I'm trans and then it's a problem. I mean, the anger you see come out of men that is transphobic yeah. is usually like, you tricked me. Yeah. Like it's, if they see you and they know you're trans, they, they might care. say something nasty about how you look or you'll never be a woman or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But if they're attracted to you, that's when like their own like, shit yeah. gets wrapped up yeah. in it. That's when they feel like you're threatening me because you're challenging, you know, my capacity for sexuality or yeah. whatever. It's the woman yeah. thing of like you existing and being beautiful, you know, it's is what is for me, right? Yeah. And then if if it's different from what I expected, well then because I have that entitlement to you already, I have that entitlement to hurt you. Exactly. And like yeah, and just I mean that in general terrifies terrifies me yeah it's so interesting that i don't think people talk about like a the fear of passing in that way yeah it's well i mean for years it's a survival mechanism like and that's why like also we were talking before about like trans ancestry or like that was survival back then like you passed to survive like you would not get a job you would not be allowed in places and like the traumatized part of me from this experience like really relates to that sense of urgency when it comes to that sometimes and i feel very seen by it and it kind of makes me upset that so many people in, like, the trans community who are younger really throw away these, like, elders because they don't fit into these, like, boxes about, like, all the perfect... Because, like, some of them don't know what non-binary is and, like, some of them don't know what gender is beyond, like, a binary set and that can be isolating and, like, I understand that, but to throw them away completely... Usually, in my experience, you can have one conversation with them and it'll change their mind, but... People just. Um, I feel like sometimes people have like a checklist. Kind yeah. Of, and if you don't, if you don't check all the boxes. Then you're useless. But it's like no. I've found so much healing and so much like guidance from elders like in my community. And like passing in general, I just find I it fascinates me so much because like I just have such a fucking weird relationship with it. Like, because like I don't theoretically care about it, or I didn't until this shit happened to me, and now I have this like trauma response where I like cling to it as like a safety mechanism or I like feel like I'm holding it like a coal that's on fire. So the aspiration to pass for you isn't as roped into your affirmation of your own identity as it is with safety. Safety. Yeah. No, entire it's entirely safety. Because like trans people are valid regardless of whether or not they pass. Like I believe that with my full fucking chest. I believe that like 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 I think that trans people who don't pass are beautiful too. Like that was never like a my goal when I fucking transition was not to be like the most passing trans woman ever I think that's hard for a lot of cis women to process because even just being beautiful and like passing as a beautiful woman yeah Yeah, it's almost like an award that you have to claw at to win like you have to take part in the steps so like even cis women kind of go through this process of being like oh god I have to do this and yeah I need to do surgery to make my face look more like what a woman's face should look like oh my god yeah you know that is like kind of universal in womanhood yeah and like it gets even more fucked up because then you do pass to a certain extent and then they stop comparing you with trans women they start comparing you with cis women and that's like an unrealistic expectation right because it's like well i'm not a cis woman who fucking care like I, I don't know the whole thing but then you have like you know a lot of trans women who do compare themselves to cis women and who do mm-hmm. kind of like punch down at other a trans women who you don't know? Pa- yeah and those people make me mad and i am reject them there is a culture of like looking down on women who don't like express femininity in this like very like cis way and it's like what are we doing like we're not cis women 
I keep fucking talking about Candy Darling, but whatever. I'm obsessed. Um, like, th- there's like an Fran Lebowitz quote that's like, she's like, you can tell Candy was trans because no woman would ever be that woman all the time. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, that that's so true. Like, being a trans woman is so cunt in like a way that like I aspire to that more than I aspire to like being a cis woman, personally. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, I. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've seen you identify as transsexual instead of transgender, yeah, which like true. has sparked some controversy because some people denounce that term or like, I you love know, it. Believe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, I, you know, I've been exploring kind of labels. I think like, you know, people have referred to me as mask, lesbian, you know, I kind of mm. identify with that, but also mask has kind of replaced butch in like the queer language um, in many ways and that's because I think we have a certain idea a negative idea of what a butch woman is based on the demonization of lesbians by straight people and by even other lesbians you know that internalized homophobia prevents that identification from seeming as accessible Mm. Um, so I'm personally like trying to learn more about what butchness means and Mm. what the you know whether that's something that I identify with um, because it's, I've always had like a reverence for that term in a way, yeah. also a fear of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so I think it, it seems similar with transsexual. So I was wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I started identifying with transsexual cause I just wanted, I do get kind of frustrated specifically politically when we talk about transness that like, there is not a distinction between people who, and by the way, both of these are entirely valid. Like I think every, I want the trans bill to be as wide and inclusive as possible, and I want everyone included, like, period, full stop. But I do think that politically, when we're talking about healthcare and things like that, there needs to be a distinction between people who need to transition and people who get to transition. Like, mm. there are people who transition because it socially improves their lives and they're happier, but they don't medically, and that's fine, and that's amazing, and you're valid, and you're trans, and you're here, and you're welcome, but, like... I don't think I would have been alive without medical transition. I was, like, fucking anorexic and, like, a drug addict and, like, suicidal and, like, I would have died. Like, there's a fear and, like, a desperation that I experience in some ways that I don't see, like, some other people in the trans community experience and it creates a lot of animosity between us and because we are both transgender. And so the term transsexual is my way of kind of saying like, okay, we're both valid, but this is me. Like I I need this. I I have dysphoria that requires medical transition. So I am a transsexual. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of conversation about how, you know, there's certain people who believe that you don't need dysphoria to be trans. Well, I think transsexual is um, defined by someone who transitions to change their biological sex, which is like Mm -hmm. hormones, medical practice like basically like changing your biology so some people don't need to do that and some people feel like they are you know not requiring that care and that's totally I don't think you need dysphoria to be trans I think you need euphoria to be trans so I have a question and I'll ask on behalf of I'm sure a lot of the audience members Mm -hmm. who are confused by that I get confused by that too because um you know, if you don't experience a dissonance with between your body and how you feel on the inside then then what we Why know. transition? Yeah, like I don't think that transness should be defined by dysphoria. Yeah, it, it, how is it not an aspect of someone's transness? Well, you know, I think about that sometimes too, because like I do have a hard time empathizing with people who transition and seem to really love and enjoy every moment of it, because like that's just not been my experience. But I don't want my transness to be defined by like oppression or dysphoria or like strife. Like this is something I get to do and get to experience every single day and that's like a, a gift and like I'd rather it be defined by that um 
I don't know why people t would transition if they didn't have dysphoria because I have dysphoria. That's the only, that's the reason I transitioned. I think my life would have been easier if, again, I were a fucking Bushwick twinkle at the mullet. Like, that would have been, <laughs> like, I would have been fine. But, um... We all have to consider the alternate universe where we're a Bushwick twink with, with the mullet. With the mullet, every day. Lives. Usually our uh, lowest point, but at some point. Yeah, I'm like, oh, could have been. Um, especially I see these fucking twinks with their, like, pasta dinner boyfriend, and I'm like, fucking What is it. pasta dinner boyfriend <laughs> There was, like, this twink on TikTok who, like, had, like, a pasta dinner... I see that. <laughs> like boyfriend like made him pasta and everyone's like oh, I'm gonna I see. I'm gonna give myself I want a pasta dinner boyfriend like people on the internet will literally be like the woman who is like I drink coffee with my husband every day and people in the and like people in the comments were like well not all of us have happy relationships yeah, she literally just posted like my favorite way to spend my morning is in the garden drinking coffee with my husband and they're like okay not everybody gets a garden like I don't know why you're rubbing it in our face that you garden have a garden privilege. yeah garden privilege Jesus Christ like take a bath <laughs> I don't breathe know. girl yeah. breathe take Poof. 10 envy is real mm -hmm. yeah for um sure. bitterness bitterness <laughs> why experience it I guess. Uh, i'm, I'm a hater i'm a fucking I am hater. A hater at heart i am a bitter cunt <laughs> well <laughs> this is like a, a sharp turn but okay. you had said that um you are really passionate about jazz and that there's yeah. like kind of a jazz resurgence you see happening. I totally, so I was really curious about like what, what that means and what, yeah, where the resurgence is coming from. I, you know, I, maybe it's aspirational rather than like predictive that there's a jazz resurgence, but like, I, I mean, this is what's going to happen. So yeah, if I you feel, feel it, it tell us what's going to happen. Like, I, like, Neat, like fucking Billie Holiday like trended on TikTok and people are like oh this is kind of good and I'm like yeah like people are fucking getting into it and like I think probably Amy Winehouse was like our last like she was our last like like big jazz musician that we've had and like I just see someone like filling that space because there's so much homogenous music being made that's like not that, that kind of just feels the same and like I mean obviously there's like distinctions and differences in it but like Th that's like an untapped market like like I fucking love Nina Simone like she's my number one like inspired my music so fucking much and like I don't know I just feel like also not to be that bitch but like every time I like something like in a year people tend to like it and that is, I do feel it's like, the gay experience I, I feel like there's also a tendency though when you like something that's sort of like you know of a different time there's like this tendency to be like the revival is on the verge like for my entire life I have been convinced that the 60s psychedelia revival is Whoa. months away okay. <laughs> and it never has been <laughs> but but I'm like always convinced of that because like I know I know it's coming <laughs> yeah well that's how I feel about fucking twee like <laughs> But Twee is kind of yeah, coming back. Everyone said that last is. year. Everyone was like, Twee's coming back. But like, things never come back in their exact form. They're always a little bit different. But I do, yeah. I have been seeing more, like, you know, kind of Twee. The early more, 2010s are coming yeah, back. Yeah, the early 2010s sure. are coming back. I've been seeing a lot of, like, um, you know, the indie sleaze, and I think oh, Twee is kind of a, a part of that in yeah. a big way. Um you know, we've been seeing a lot of girls content on I TikTok. I love girls. Yeah, I so I've actually been rewatching it. I watched it when I was so like good. 16 I've been seeing, and now like, I'm rewatching it. Like I've been seeing a Lena Dunham redemption art. Oh, Lena Dunham I redemption. Love, I've always been a Lena Dunham fan. Everyone has 
why this is one of my most controversial opinions i love lena dunham i think she's talented i think she's funny i love her now as I the least her. pedophile podcast in manhattan <laughs> i do have to bring up I, she was the sister she was, she was little she was little listen i work with kids right now and like honestly it's fucking weird and pedophilic in my opinion to claim that a nine-year-old doing something so innocuous is sexual in nature right like it's she's a child she was I mean, a I do fucking think, like, child as an unconventionally attractive person <laughs> which is always the nice way of saying ugly um lena dunham mm. gets a lot of hate like that because people want to assume that people who are not conventionally attractive are, are sexual yeah predators. no literally and that they're just like really gross scary monsters See, also i mean i think that she did a really amazing thing with girls which is showing annoying women in a way that is humane like or valid you know and yeah. valid yeah they're annoying because they're people and people are annoying not because it's a nagging wife or yeah. like like yeah. an obnoxious bitchy girl like the stereotypes that we'd seen you know in women like of course men were writing annoying women forever mm-hmm. oh, yeah, but- i've been watching breaking bad and like i cannot help but notice that the, the three most prominent female characters on that show are literally the exact archetype of yeah. the nagging wife the bitchy woman and the manic pixie dream girl yeah but if you literally. notice the nagging wife skylar white is coming back and like a lot of people yeah, are like defending are her, her. Yes. right and i think girls was one of the first shows that really allowed girls to be human and be annoying in the way that girls really are annoying yeah, um, yeah. i'm I think, like that i'm yeah fucking, yeah i think we can all you know as like jewish right. new york mm-hmm. coastal elite i get it oh, yeah. <laughs> um yeah i love girl i mean yeah i honestly think like a lot of the discourse also has to do with her just being fat like people just hate fat people like uh, like fleabag did like half of the things that lena dunham's character in girls did I don't know, like, people made Seinfeld. They, all those characters are fucking unbearable and they're terrible people. Always sunny. Like, okay, also, Mm -hmm. we, like, really appreciate male forms of narcissism and, like, male forms of, like, intolerance. Like, the people in Always Sunny are, like... They're, like, psychopaths. Psychopaths. And I'm saying that that's, like, I have seen every single episode of It's Always Sunny. I love It's Always Sunny. They're absolute psychopaths. But also people, like, the criticism of Lena Dunham where they're, like, it's a bunch of white women being problematic. Yeah, that's literally what It's Always Sunny is. Okay, like... Where's the energy for like always sunny? Like they well, don't think women have the ability to be self-aware in their humor. Like yeah. they forget that Lena Dunham wrote all the characters in Girls, she even the ones that were mean to the characters, even the ones that spoke on behalf of the annoyed audience. She wrote like, Shoshana's part, that monologue right. where everyone's like, she's spitting facts. I'm like, yeah, Lena Dunham wrote. Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> people, people like to, yeah, they they assume that women can't be funny and be self-critical and also be authentic at Literally. the same time. Literally. I do think there's a tendency on for people online to say that people are problematic when they actually just personally annoy them. Yeah. Like, just say yeah. you don't like them. That's like, what Anne Hathaway. Like, you with Anne Hathaway, you just don't I like just her. Don't like I get that. that. There she doesn't said. have to be a, a reason. You don't have you to have a moral reason. No you can reason. just be a hater. Like, bring back being a hater. No. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, share that, I share that feeling about Anne Hathaway, too. We have the same birthday, though. Whoa. Yeah. That's close. No, I think I have the same birthday as Malala. I think Malala. <laughs> so you, it's you or Malala. I think we're the Pick same side. Everybody so we're like born. Are you guys like better? Nasi or Malala? Nasi or Malala? <laughs> I mean, we are. Kin- <laughs> yeah, you're kin. We are kindred Malala. spirits in the way you're that just I. Like her. I'm just like I'm also tortured. <laughs> and that yeah. actually reminded me of one time I read this interview with um the guy who owned Penthouse magazine, and at one point he was like. I, like the madman Ronald Reagan, have been shot for what I believe in. (laughs) (laughs) So true. 
so well on that note do you want to like talk about uh what you're working on now or do you want to plug yourself at all i know you don't have your tiktok but you can give your username just in case it comes back at some point um well my tiktok username is nussie andrews and like it used to be with an s andrews with an s but it's now with a z Mm -hmm. even though i haven't posted anything i just made the account because i just lurk um i follow me on instagram i'm on all platforms as nussie andrews follow me on twitter i post shit there um i don't know i'm i'm working on an album probably will be done in like two years (laughs) um yeah well don't take this one back I am, yeah. I really appreciate you coming on and being so earnest and candid with us because we got into some pretty dark shit. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> to me. No, I mean, we, no, we get into good. that all the time. Yeah. And I really appreciate you matching that energy. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it to me <laughs> to bring kill a vibe. No, you not kill no, the vibe. No, not kill a vibe, but like bring it down. Sometimes we need to bring the vibe down a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I Sometimes, say that every day. Yeah, we need to be a little low vibrational. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm like, hey. I have the right to be a hating low vibrational social assassin debbie downer exactly. <laughs> well thank you guys so much for listening you can follow us on instagram at what's gonna happen or on twitter at wjh pod and don't forget to subscribe to our patreon we're waiting for a couple more patrons till we post our first additional episode but it will be up soon and we're very excited yes be sure to do that and from a magic school bus style sequence in which i shrink down to the size of a molly pill and travel through a trans femme dj's body this has been what's gonna happen (laughs) 